Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. On this episode, we talk to Khalid Williams, founder of The Barrel Age, a hospitality industry consultant business. He was the 2021 Bartender of the Year for The Crazies, which is the Connecticut Restaurant Association Awards. He is a bartender, an industry veteran, and just a general badass. Make no mistake, the last couple of years have been incredibly hard for service industry people. And Khalid is truly a bright spot in that community and just an awesome human being. I really hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Well, hello. You're the kindest uh, for doing this with me. Um, I'm super pumped to get to talk to you because I thought we would do some fun stuff today. We're going to talk a little bit about you, obviously. But then I thought it might be fun for our listeners to have somebody who's badass and has these great skills for um, putting together maybe some um, tips of the trade for home bartending. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a, maybe a couple easy to make cocktail ideas with like two or three ingredients. Simple, simple. Um, what do you think? Are you up for that? That is my passion. I love arming home bartenders. So let's do it. All right. So this is kind of what you do a little bit with uh, the Barrel Age, right? You want to talk? What, tell us a little bit about the Barrel sure. Age. Absolutely. So the Barrel Age started as just a fun way to kind of celebrate the beverage revolution. From like 05 to the present, I don't care if it's Cabernet, Bourbon, Chardonnay, Stout, Cognac. Liquids that are aged in barrels tend to be the most magical, the most sought after, the most allocated. And they're exploding. I started doing private bartending jobs in the name Fit, and it kind of expanded to keeping the barrel full. You know how keeping your Mm -hmm. bucket full is kind of all about Mm self-care? The final kind of evolution is just all about products and places that matter and people that care. And Mm -hmm. every day I feel like the kind of four components to an amazing day are drinking something exciting, eating some food with some kind of a cool ethnic story or some history, listening to some badass, awesome music, thinking about philosophy or a cool concept. And I love to tell my guests, I want you to make my job harder. I want my guests (laughs) to be on this evolution where they gain the skills that I already have. Because that means I have to invent a new reason for them to see me. I have to keep moving forward. It's my dream that everyone is comfortable entertaining, throwing a party, and having a set of kind of fundamental cocktails that they can make and also improvise easily. That's awesome. I know there's a probably a line of bartenders that would punch you in the face for saying that you want guests to make their job harder. 
<laughs> Especially right now, because like people are on some shit when they go out to eat now. Everyone's a little bit on edge, a little bit crabbier. I mean, honestly, the anxiety level with everybody in general is just a little bit ramped up. So sure. I guess a question I have to you is you are probably in your most diluted form. Mr. Hospitality, like not diluted. What am I saying? You're literally the opposite of diluted, but like in your purest form, right? You're the most hospitable person I know in this industry. How do you keep that upbeat, positive attitude? Because that's, that's truly a challenge, especially in times like this. Yes, it is. One component is kind of a cheat code. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't had my ass pulled out of so many fires. And the blessings that I've received through 20 crazy ass years being just a goon behind the bar and in front of the bar, I kind of owe it to pay it forward to think about the times where I could have lost a job, lost a friend, lost a relationship that some good force kind of pulled me back towards good. The other half, and I really, really try to tell people this, all that mindfulness and that manifesting shit, it's one. 100% real. Um, Focusing on many people, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this job. Then I'm going to have a nice car and and a house, and that's going to make me be amazing. I had to be an accomplished professional bartender before any of the accomplishments. That informed what I do. I can be a bartender, but am I being a hospitable warm bartender that's making Mm -hmm. a connection or am I being self-important and just worried about my suspenders and my beard oil? What are you talking about? There's no self-important bartenders. Yeah, those don't exist, right? (laughs) They take themselves a little too seriously. Just a touch, (laughs) just a touch learning that. And um, Sasha Petrosky, he says, you know, anyone can figure out how to mix a martini. Who's going to bend their hurt back over to get that cold glass from the back of the cooler? Hell yeah. Yeah, you ride that 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 line, that fine line really well between you take your craft really seriously, but you don't take yourself so seriously that you can't meet someone where they are and yes. have a real experience. And like, truly, I think you and I have talked about this before, like people don't go out to pay 10 times more for shit they can make at home because- they want it like, you know, they, they want to pay more for it. They go out for the experience of being there. And I, I love the way that you look at your role in creating experiences for people. Um, where, did, where does that come from? It partly came from coming into this industry. And when I came in, working around some ignorant people that did not welcome me, hmm. Um being in a wine class, um, a Chardonnay coming around, I described it as creamy and I got laughed at. And it wasn't because of like the, the funny phallicness of the joke. It was because Chardonnay is not creamy. What? Um, right. When the rep, who was actually one of your former colleagues, was like, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Feeling that feeling of being on the outside. Hmm. And when I became a cool kid which I've, I wasn't always in my mind and I may not be now, but when I got into that in crowd or that cool kiddom or being that bartender with that knowledge that others don't have, finding a way to translate that, to give of myself. That's number one. Number two, um, it's the name of your podcast. What's the name of this podcast? The Booze Hustle. 
the the hustle. Some of us think because we know 15,000 ingredients in a cocktail at 70% cost, we're a bartender. Nah, if I can't translate, I can't make a transaction. I read this book and it's my job not to hit you over the head with it. What is that book? It, this is one of oh, the, the Dead, Dead Rabbit, Rabbit. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. I read this all day. My guests don't. Mark Twain said I wrote a long book because I wasn't smart enough to write a short one. <laughs> it's my job to distill, all pun intended, this information into something that my guest, who does something else all day, can understand. You know what's great, though, is that I, I know that feeling of... Uh, you know, being on the outside of the cool kids, it's it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much imposter syndrome. Like, right? Like, you feel like right. oh, I'm not feel I'm not I don't feel valid in having an opinion, or people are yes. think I'm you know not as great as they are. You know, I've Bingo. struggled with that, and I I struggle with that in my job now because I'm like I've got everyone fooled. Um, but no, but truly, like I think one of the greatest gifts though is learning on your own, building yourself up, and and then truly getting the respect of your peers, but then not evolving into a version of yourself that doesn't also want to share that with other people and uplift other people. And I think that's, that's the challenge, right? It's like, don't correct. Don't become a version of yourself that doesn't remember the old version. And remember that everybody at one point or another needs that education and that step up and that lift. And that's really, that's really great. And I love that bartending is one of the last careers where you have the ability to really connect with people Yes. In a way that's impactful, like meet people at whatever great day or bad day that they're having and fucking, you know, talk to them. Like who talks anymore? (laughs) And you know what I've found working in so many environments where the people were completely different from me in every single way. If I've dealt with 10,000 guests, 9,990 of them simply wanted to be heard. And once they were heard, the transaction or the interaction turned positive, turned empathetic, turned intentional. And those other 10, my regulars rolled them out. I didn't even have to worry about them. (laughs) Is that not an awesome feeling when somebody's giving you shit and your regulars put the hammer down on them? I know. There is nothing like, and I I really feel for people who have not worked um, as a bartender and had the experience of the true regulars. Like what mm, what mm. other industry has this like army behind you like this? Like I'm gonna, all right, I wanna hear about some of your best regulars. I'm gonna tell you a story about some of mine. Um, when I first moved to Chicago and I was working on Division Street, which is kind of like the bourbon street of Chicago for right, right, all right. intents and purposes, it, like trashy 4 a.m. bars and just awful. But I started bartending during the day. It was like day managing this place called Mother's Two. And I had these regulars, they were uh, like building managers, essentially. (laughs) They would bring their radios into the bar and sit there and they called it their office. Like, can you fucking imagine like these wealthy, you know, Lakeshore Drive um, apartment buildings and their building Mm -hmm. managers like sitting at my bar all day and they would come in and drink Jameson, like two fingers of Jameson at a time, three times a day. And those guys would leave a 20 on my bar every single time. I made my rent from those guys. And as much as they were a pain in my ass, at the end of the day, those guys... If someone came in and was giving me a hard time, if it was like a drunk iron worker or just a random asshole, those guys were like my bouncers. That's right. 
it's right. just, and I mean, I was sleeping on the floor for six months, and one day the truck, their their pickup truck pulls up in front of the bar, and I see these guys dancing in the the bed of the pickup truck, and I walk up and said, they got me a mattress, like a brand new mattress. They're like, yeah, some lady, she was gonna get rid of this and make an exercise room. We took it for you, and I was like, holy shit! I was like, come on, they're like your family, like you know, like what other industry is like that? That's amazing. Do you have a good regular story? I have a set of about. There's about four couples that I waited on their first date Aww. and their child's graduation. Aww. Um, they followed me from place to place. A couple, um, there's about three bikers who are, I mean, like bike, like, like top Hell's and bottom Angel rocker. Biker. <laughs> uh, yes, correct. Not like and Lance Armstrong. <laughs> a little different, a little different. Yeah, which, okay. And they're bikers, real outlaw bikers and engineers, which is the craziest thing. Love and work, working in kind of these quiet, kind of well-heeled towns, they would come in in their colors, taking up space at the bar, doing their thing. I'll never forget these. Um, I, I got just harangued by these people that wanted a chicken sandwich. And my chef said, I'll walk out before I make a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Another podcast in and of itself, but, you know, I pull that every stop. I offered them a drink. I offered them, and they were mad because we didn't have Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. We were trying to be ironic. I offered them everything, and they were not having it, and they owned me. Hearing my biker guys um, evaluate who they were loud enough for them to hear <laughs> without me having to say shit as a Because, you know, you got to keep it professional no matter what you hear. It's just like sometimes you get the, those wins. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely my bikers and the people who, um, you know, I waited on the first date and they've gotten married, had kids, and, and I so still cute. see them. They've I love it. They've become like friends. You've definitely been able to be more professional in those moments than I have. I, that, that's why I left the restaurant industry. There comes a point, and maybe you don't, you're, you've never gotten there, and maybe you never will because your disposition is much different than mine. But like, I hit that wall where I was like, nope, not going to do nah, this anymore. Done. Because I started losing my attitude. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't. Because like, you know, I'm a, I'm a sassy Italian. Like, you know, I like, it'd only it. be pushed so far. Yeah. I, I, so I actually am partnered with a sassy Italian who I met because she walked up to the podium while I was hosting and asked me why she why I double sat her um, <laughs> in 2003. You know what? For me and my disposition, I had to actually grow and develop that limit. Mm-hmm. I can always keep a smile on, but the person I keep a smile on can be what they call nasty. You know, nice, nasty. Mm-hmm. I learned that skill too well. And in my personal relationships, you know, my girl had to tell me, she's like, you know, you get funky and you smile at me when we're having a real conversation. <laughs> Can I get some of you in here? Can I? So I had to develop that spunk. And, and so it's a journey on both sides. That yeah. Folks like you have helped teach me to develop just a little bit of gangster where I need it. And it's always been a short, is short allowed to be said? A petite short. Italian, yeah, <laughs> it's short a fine. short, <laughs> a short Italian lady has been my muscle at the bar since I started bartending. Facts. I'm six yeah. three. There's something about like a small woman. We just feel like we forget who we are. You regulate. You, you know what it is? Also, it's that privilege bullshit. It totally is. It's like there's a guy on TikTok I follow. He's fucking hilarious. He's 
this black guy, he's got a Southern accent. He's always like, white women are not afraid of anything. And then he always shows yeah. like a clip of like white women with like a, a violent dog or something. He's yeah, just like, yeah. let her go. <laughs> <laughs> like they ain't afraid of shit. It's that, it's that privilege thing though. It, it is, uh, I, I would say like, because you're probably smarter than I am in those moments. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm just like, I'm crazy. I don't know. Luckily the, not the- anymore. The yin and yang of the two, to me, creates something beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I want to hear some horror stories, and then let's talk some bar stuff. Uh, you got to give me one service horror story. Just get just one. Oh, a service horror story. So wait on a party of nine people. The tab is a good 2600 bucks. They did it, right? It was the family and then um, the parents. Comes time for the bill. The father gives me, the, gives me his credit card. The mother-in-law and father-in-law walk up to me at the computer and say, he means, well, they need to let us pay. Mm-hmm. The Uh-oh. father looks at me and says, run my card. The, uh, no, you can't afford it. So they get into it using me as fodder. After about four times and my manager, flip, give it like chucking up deuces and running to the back. Oh, great. I said, you know what? Give me both your cards. I'm authorizing both tabs. Whoever tips me more, you're the one that can afford oh, it. Slapped it down smart. at a fine dining place. That was when I reached my limit. Slapped yeah. them down and greeted my next table. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to give some advice to some listeners here. Um, don't do that. 
work out your um, weird fucking financial struggles with your friends before the check comes. Because I'm going to tell you, or or the, the really slick thing to do if you want to be a badass is you get up to go to the bathroom and you pay. That's the move. That's the move. That is that's, the move. That's the move. If you want to, if you want that power card, that's what you do. Do not put your bartender or your server in a position to fucking like litigate your bullshit. Like it, it's just, right. it's so stupid. One way or the other. And something that's very American, don't become an accountant when the tab comes. Oh my God. I will tell you there are people we do not go out to eat with. Well, we don't really go out to eat a lot of people these days, but back in the day, I, there are friends of my husband's who we do not go out to eat with because we'll go for breakfast and they're like, I had the orange juice and the coffee and you had the, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like I will pay this $30 bill myself. It's right. Before I sit here and line item, it's something oh, else. It's embarrassing. And pro tip. You know, pro tip for guests, if you get overcharged, if you go back the next day or the next time and deal with it, you'll probably get something free. So it's best pay the tab, leave classy, keep it cute, keep it mute and do what you got to (laughs) do. Keep it cute, keep it mute. Oh, my God, I'm going to use that. Keep it cute, you're on mute. That's going to be like. (laughs) I got to tell myself that sometimes, you know. Oh, I have one more. I have another one. Um, Don't ever say we're going to take care of you. Because what a server or a bartender hears, if you say, oh, we're going to take really good care of you, it's the kiss of death. Famous last it's words. the kiss of death. The only people who say that are people who are going to tip you shitty. Mm-hmm. Every time. Or give you it's the like, verbal. Every time. Every. Why is that? It's, it's, do they think that what they're going to give you is so great that they got to like really prepare you for that? 15%. <laughs> it becomes leverage. It's like the whole, but we're going to take care of you, but we're going to take care of you. Yeah, we want this free. We want that. We want to make that modification. You can't see what you said. Yep. We can't make, but we're going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. something you could, anyway. <laughs> I know we could do this all day. We should literally just make all an entire episode day. over shit. You don't say to a bartender like, um, oh, I have another one. Make it strong. Oof. Or this doesn't taste like it has alcohol in it. I'm going to tell you right now, the bartender has no motive Unless you're like hammered and they're trying to cut you off. There is literally no reason a bartender will make you a drink that you won't like. Like in our minds, you know, Khalid is making you a drink. trying to make it twice. He he doesn't want to make it twice. So he's going to make the best version of that drink. So if you say this doesn't taste like there's alcohol in it, uh, well, oh, clearly it just shows that you have a drinking problem <laughs> when and right and when i didn't want to pay as much for alcohol and wanted to drink a lot i sought other means i never had a bottle in the car because we wouldn't encourage that but mm-hmm. i sought other means period like yep <laughs> yeah man people people expect their drinks to taste like they drink at home they taste at home and that's not it you know? And if it does, you probably got ghosted. The bartender probably poured it in the straw. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. All right. Well, thinking of making drinks at home, I think mm-hmm. let, let's talk about making drinks at home because yes. um, I think just giving people a couple really easy tips about um, home bartending, like just a couple tips of the trade, little skills that they could work on at home that can really like enhance their cocktail making at home. Um, So is there anything right off the top of your head like that you recommend people have when they're stocking their home bar? 100%. I believe that with 
three bottles, you can make a world. Your favorite spirit, whatever it is, be that gin, be that bourbon, be that tequila, a orange liqueur like a Cointreau or a triple sec, Mm -hmm. and a bottle of Angostura bitters. You give me those three things, I can give you the world. I take an approach that's like in culinary, they call it, you know, the five mother sauces. Mm -hmm. The kind of three foundational cocktails and you literally can make a party of 30 people happy. The sour, a spirit, sugar, citrus, the daisy, spirit, liqueur, citrus, a la Cosmo or Margarita. Mm-hmm. The old-fashioned, bitters, spirit, sugar. Right. For the sour, that's usually going to be the most crowd-pleasing. Mm-hmm. I tell people you um, follow the info line, the info line number 211. Two parts of your spirit, one part of your citrus juice, one part of your sugar. And your sugar is a simple syrup. Anybody who can hear this podcast, I need you to promise me something. <gasps> I know what do, you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Can I guess? Yeah, do it. Okay, do because it. this is my gospel that I preach to the world. Preach it. Do not fucking buy simple syrup. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you for can the make love it, of my all. friends. <laughs> for the love of all, do not it's buy It's literally sugar syrup. and water. <laughs> Pro tip. You know, with that, and I also make people promise, squeeze your citrus. It takes 0.2 seconds. And another pro tip, if you take the skins of that citrus, shave them into a bowl of sugar, wait a couple hours, that little liquid that comes out will make you the darling of all your friends and you'll then be an advanced cocktailer. Wait, you're, you're, you're shaving the skins of the citrus off into a bowl of sugar? Wait, explain this. Yeah. So literally take your peeler, boom, 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 hit your orange, hit those twists, put mm-hmm. them in a bowl, sprinkle sugar on top of that. In three hour, two to three hours, you'll have what's called an oleosaccharum, which literally was the first ingredient to drinks. It's just like um, oleo, oil, saccharum, sugar. That was the first ingredient to punch. Go ahead. Are you using the peel in the drink or the sugar from the, that was around the peel? So it liquefies and you can, you strain the liquid right off. It ah. literally in the bowl, you watch it start sweating. It's the Got coolest it. thing. All and right. so when you buy that citrus, you then have a citrus syrup. You can do orange, you can do lemon, you can do grapefruit, you can do all three. And it drives that flavor up on the cocktail. Mm-hmm. I'll take like an ounce of that and mix it with eight ounces of my simple syrup. And you know, the really important thing too is, well, well, two things. One is you can pre-make simple syrup. Like on a Sunday, you can make a batch. You can put them in little jars. You can buy little bottles, seal them up real tight, put them in the refrigerator. They'll last a couple of weeks. So you don't have to do this like every week, A. And I think B is um, have the right tools. I think it's hard at home because we don't have the same tools. If you don't have like like a peeler, like not just like any kind of peeler, but like a citrus peeler or something to juice the fruit with, don't just use your hands. It's not as fun. Get like an actual like citrus squeeze peeler. Makes the work go a lot faster. And you can also save your citrus fruit. I mean, your citrus juice 
in the refrigerator for a, a you know a week or so. I mean, obviously, any more than a week, it's not going to be as great. Uh, I usually say three days for citrus, but it depends on how fast you go through it, right? But like, if you have the tools at home to make things easier, get a jigger to measure yep. your stuff with. Like, I know we all think we're we're great with eyeballing it, but I don't think you guys realize how much you're actually putting in your drinks. And uh, you ever just got real drunk out of nowhere? It's because you and were it, not right. paying attention. <laughs> to, to bartenders, bartenders way more skilled and accomplished than me measure every time. And the reason is they want their first and their 10th drink to taste the same. And I yep. advise people, if you can't, if let's say you're in a pinch, if you have a shot glass or if you have some vessel that each time you can measure one part or two part and those parts can be the same, mm-hmm. you're in. I've, you know, the, the, literally, as cliche as it sounds, consistency is the key to a beautiful beverage anytime. That is why the drinks taste better when you go out. I think like the pushback people always get is the drinks never taste as good at home, like a, mm-hmm. the, like craft cocktails. It's because you're not measuring correctly and, and taste right? Like taste a lot. It doesn't have to be like bang, bang, boom. You made the cocktail. It either sucks or it's not. If you made the drink and it's too sour, like you can tinker with it. Like add a little bit of like simple syrup. If it's too citrusy, you know, you can do work on your balances and you don't have to be afraid of like messing with the process one way or the other. You'll get it. But like, honestly, precision is key with cocktails that are simple ingredient oriented. And it's not, it's not hard to like make a really great cocktail at home. I actually do a class called the three, six, or nine bottle bar and how people can purchase those few bottles and literally make an entire array of cocktails. The beautiful thing about our industry, you know, we live in a very tech-driven world and, you know, they say knowledge has kind of doubled and tripled in a faster, kind of shorter period. Mm -hmm. With cocktails, some awesome things have happened in the past 20 years. And it's all based on things that were created almost 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, automation almost was a death knell for cocktails because that's when fake shit started being used mm. and canned shit started being used. Just decent brand of spirits. And that's another thing. There are so many awesome spirits. If you, gotta, if you have to have a guy, at, you shouldn't just have a package store. You got to have a person at that package store, somebody Mm -hmm. to guide you in your choices to make more informed choices. Ask your bartender. We love talking about what goes into our drinks. If you get a good drink somewhere, if you just order a whiskey sour and it's good, ask them, what's in your well? Check Mm. what's in the well. I look at bartenders' pictures on Instagram. We like bond over not the top shelf single malt scotch, Mm -hmm. but the bottle in the well. Yep. Because it's like, if you know, you know, that awesome value bourbon, that awesome value vodka, things of that sort. Yeah. And layering flavors. And, uh, you know, you made a really good point about like having a, a person at a store. I, I had a really good conversation um, with a friend of mine about buying, uh, going out and how intimidating it can be in a package store. And I mm-hmm. think one of the most critical pieces is, well, you hit one of them, which is, Find a person that you can trust. If you're not comfortable with your shopping experience, if you don't feel the warm and fuzzies in a liquor store or a wine shop or wherever, find a new one and find someone who, yeah, there's, there are so many good, um, passionate people that also work in retail and you find a person that will like hand sell you things based on your interest level. 
Um, and another good piece of advice is if they don't have it, ask for it. If they're a good retailer, they will get it for you. They'll get it for you. Simple and also, as that. And also decide what you want before you go because it's like, it's the same thing that happens to me when I go to Target. I walk in and then immediately I'm like, why am I here? I forgot why I'm here. Fuck. And then I end up like buying 65 things. Do the same thing before you go to the package store. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I know why I'm here to spend that hundred dollars. I didn't want to spend for uh, yep. sure. And yep. price compared. Don't be afraid to ask for a deal. Ask about closeouts. Uh, I find there's a lot of professionals in retail that are excited by those questions. Well, yeah, they they want to engage. They don't want people that are just, uh, you know, they got to make it fun too. You know, they want to like sell cool shit. So you want cool stuff and your store doesn't have it. Just ask for it. Just engage with them. That's some good advice, man. Um, So let's, let's see, give me one, let's give our listeners one cocktail that they could make Mm. with simple ingredients at home. Um, Give me one of your faves and walk us through it. I got you. One of my favorites, which I think could be considered the perfect cocktail, is the classic daiquiri. Oh, man. Speaking my language now, man. That's right. Three ingredients. Start with a basic white rum. There's a very popular brand. We're not going to get into brand talk. There's brands other than the most popular. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Um, Two parts of your rum, one part of lime juice, half a part simple syrup. Use your jigger right into a, you know, that kind of that um, we call it the Boston shaker. I tell people, if you don't have one of those, grab your morning coffee cup that you can seal. Throw your ingredients in, throw your ice in. Use a Tupperware. I use a Tupperware container to to this day at times Mm -hmm. when I'm doing large format cocktails. There's no shame in my game. I will grab my large Tupperware, throw your (laughs) ingredients in, put your ice in. The shake, I find, is one of the most important parts of the cocktail to will all of those elements that are kind of different levels of kind of thickness together. And and it's the other most important ingredient that, that right. uh, in the cocktail is dilution. Water, is that you, 100%. You, you got to add that dilution, especially if you have a lot of citrus in that cocktail. Um, that is an essential part of making a balanced drink. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, please. <laughs> I love it. That simple daiquiri, two parts of your white rum. One part lime juice, half part simple syrup. There are more detailed measurements that you can get into if you want to do the research. I Mm -hmm. find that blend makes something that everyone likes. And let's say someone, most people are not going to say that that's too sweet. You will get a couple people that say it's too tart. Mm -hmm. Give them a dab of that simple syrup and they are happy. Yep. Yeah, I do the two-part rum. Sometimes I use a five-year because I like there to be a little bit more uh, flavor and structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do 0.75, actually, of of citrus. There you go. You know, 0.5 or 0.75 of – I kind of do equal parts. But, uh, yeah, daiquiri is my fave, man. And and buy yourself some nice glassware. And don't buy – you know, you don't have to go expensive glass shopping. Um, I find that if you go to Goodwill Mm -hmm. or, like, um, you can find – really great coupe glasses for like a dollar or 50 cents sometimes. I'm Legit. a big low budget glassware shopper because I mean, none of my glassware matches, but I think that's also an aesthetic. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. sure. 100%. Well, we've said it all. We've done it all here. Thank you so much. Like this has been such a blast. I feel like we should have you come back on again and do another little cocktail fun. Maybe we could do a little wine tasting together uh, yeah. episode. 
That'd be great. Oh, listen, this is a labor of love. I love what you put into this. I love your spirit. Aww. You are moving the culture forward with this show, and I appreciate it, and I honor you. Aw, thanks, Khalid. You're the best. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. 